If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Bases dropped on a new edition of Soccer Down here to Tuesday. It is the day of the final MLS Cup playoff Eastern or conference final, anyway. New England and NYC. New England's waited uh, 57 years to play this match. We'll see how they do after their long layoff. They say it's not going to matter. I think it's going to matter at least for a while. It's how they kind of manage that early portion of the game that'll be really important. We'll get into New England and NYC tonight. That's a 7.30 kick. MLS roster decisions are due to the league by tonight. So I know people are starting to get anxious about when teams are going to announce. Some teams have already announced. Some teams have not. And some teams probably won't announce today because those decisions go in deadline tonight sometime. You're going to have to ask uh, the MLS office on what that, that timeline looks like. But I think you're going to get announcements today and tomorrow about those decisions. Now, the decisions that are are up in MLS, to keep this in mind, you're talking about guys who have options on their contracts for another year, the club option. I believe in the rare cases there's a player option that has to be determined as well, but generally it's a club option. Uh, Very even more rarely, it's a mutual option where both of them have to sign off. That's kind of defeating the purpose of all of it but typically it's a club option that's got to be decided by tonight the bona fide offer thing it's a smaller number of players that technically had to be done by last week but a lot of clubs didn't announce it so those announcements will come as well just to kind of give you a a sense of at least the one part we do know players who would be eligible for free agency now, that, that number of players has changed a lot over the years in MLS because when it first came into the league, you had to be, I think, 28 years old and have been in the league for eight years. That's a very small number of players. Now it's 24 years old and five years of service. That's the eligibility for free agency. And you go into free agency if you are out of contract or if you have had an option declined on a future contract. For Atlanta United, for example, there are four players who would qualify for free agency. Mikey Ambrose, Alec Can, Brooks Lennon, Kubo Torres. 
they are all on options. So those option decisions have to be made. Um, we don't know anybody else who is on an option. This is out from the MLS Players Association. So these are only free agency eligible players who have options or are out of contract. Atlanta United does not have anybody who is out of contract that would qualify for free agency. That's all we know. There are players who don't qualify for free agency who have an option. There are players who don't qualify for free agency who are out of contract. But that's what we know so far. That's from the Atlanta side. Uh, Big news yesterday was Jonathan Dos Santos is not going to come back at LA Galaxy. That's going to be another designated player spot for them. Their general manager spot is also open with Dennis DeClose going to Feyenoord, as we had reported from the Dutch media last week. So LA Galaxy looking very different next year. LAFC looking very different next year. Toronto talking about a rebuild for next year. Ezra Hendrickson comes into Chicago talking about all the work they have to do. Jarrett, John, we got a lot of teams who have a lot of room to be able to do things, and then you have some teams who, frankly, aren't going to look very different than they did this past year because they're in good shape and they have guys under contract already as well. It's going to be very interesting to see how it all looks, especially for those L.A. teams, because you are in L.A. You are going to want to be... Flashy, for lack of a better word. It's what you've built your brand on and the high power, exciting. How do you rebuild this? And if you're the Galaxy, how do you go about getting a new captain and getting a new GM? What what moves do you make? Yeah, I don't know. Um, other updates around the league really quickly, stuff that's on the board that we know in terms of contracts. We know Nani, and that's, this was last week, but we know Nani is out in Orlando. Orlando confirmed they declined his contract option. 35 years old, he announced it on Friday on Twitter. Brandon By of the New England Revolution has signed a three-year contract extension. That was announced on Friday uh, through 2024. Comes with a 2025 club option. That's a really good draft pick that they've turned into a starting level right back for a top team in the league. Houston yesterday announced that they had re-signed Matias Vera. Uh, joined the team from San Lorenzo in Argentina in December of 2018. This will be his fourth MLS season coming up in 22. Uh, Kyle Duncan is gone from the league, uh, out of contract with the New York Red Bulls. They get nothing in return. He goes to Ustende in, in Belgium. 24-year-old signed on a free transfer through 2025. I don't get the Red Bull situation with Duncan. Like, they... Didn't sign him out of their academy. He went to Europe. Didn't work out. Comes back. Does well. They let a contract run out, and he goes to Belgium for nothing. I don't know if they would have gotten much of anything in return, but I don't know if they're necessarily going to be better at right back either. So, okay. Um, also, according to reports, it looks like uh, Jarrett San Jose Earthquakes are going to extend Chofis' loan, which would make sense with the year he had, uh, for another six months. So it is basically like a six-month show improve. If it goes well in the first half of the season, they will trigger the purchase clause. If it doesn't, they'll let him go back to Mexico ahead of the Apertura for the 2022 season. Um, One more on the rumor front. We talked about Rafael Navarro out of Brazil last week, a striker from Botafogo who's got double-digit goals, almost double-digit assists in the Brazilian Serie B. Minnesota it emerges, is the MLS team that was after him, at least one of them, if there's more. 
Uh, Andy Grader of the Pioneer Press said that it's proving very difficult, doesn't look to be completed. He's got a lot of suitors, and a lot in all caps. Multiple contract offers have been denied with the club rep um, in Brazil working on it. So Minnesota's trying to get him. It's not looking good. He is very, very much in demand. Uh, but he's one that we've talked about who is generating a lot of interest in Brazil and with MLS, and it's Minnesota who was trying to get him. Doesn't look like they're going to be able to pull it off. I mean, John, we, we've talked about... How many strikers do they need in Minnesota? Well, they need somebody to actually score goals, so that, uh, all yes. of them, because they haven't found one yet. They thought they had one in Wanchope Abila, then they let him walk for nothing to D.C., and now D.C.'s not going to trigger the option on him. He's linked with 527 different clubs as well. Um, Jarrett, I mean, John, let me start with John. So we've talked about the big teams, your, your Galaxies, your LAFCs, your Torontos that are, are going to look very different. Who's another team that you are watching closely for what they do going into 2022? I'm looking at, honestly, I'm going to the, the bottom of the table. I'm looking at somebody like a Cincinnati. I want to see what they do to try to avoid getting the wooden spoon for the 73rd year in a row. Um, you know, I'm looking at a Miami because of what they don't have and what they're not allowed to have and how they navigate around their their punishments to try to figure out what they're going to do on the field next year. You know, you, you mentioned Chicago with Ezra Hendrickson. So, I mean, in the East, for me, it's Miami and Cincinnati for those, for those reasons. And then in the West, in addition to... Uh, Jarrett's beloved earthquakes. I want to see what the Texas teams do. You mentioned Houston, but I want to see what Austin does as they continue their build. I want to see what Dallas does after their year, considering the disastrous year the state of Texas in general had in Major League Soccer. So there's a couple in the East for various reasons, and then the folks at the bottom in the West that we haven't talked about to see how they're going to try to climb out of it. So jumping into the Twitch pitch, um, Rich Ransom says that Duncan had asked for a raise but was declined. There was talk of a team in Belgium already being set for him as well. Yeah, I I get the last part of it. I mean, if he doesn't have a deal, then he's going to start talking and his agent's going to start talking and they're going to find a landing spot for him. He's obviously, you know, in demand. I mean, people wanted to bring him in. They didn't waste any time here on getting a deal done, which should go to show you, in my opinion of his value. And when you look at the Red Bulls and this season, Duncan was, I mean, according to Sofa score, he was their best player. Um, very good player. I mean, he's a, he's getting close to being a player that I wouldn't mind seeing. And actually I wouldn't mind seeing him in this December camp for the U S men's national team. Um, is he a starter with the national team? No, I don't think so. But could he turn into one possibly? Could he be that fifth or sixth guy on the depth chart? Yeah, possibly. He's 24 years old. He's, he's not you know done by any stretch. I'm just a little surprised he, he leaves on a free and they don't get a deal done. He probably deserved a raise. And he put up some good performances for them late in the season as well, especially. So I, I don't know. I, I would have brought him back just because I don't exactly know what they're going to look like at right back now without him. Um. They've got some guys on loan that they're going to have to make some decisions about when it comes to the Red Bulls. And look, maybe Gerhard Struber wants to go in a different direction with the shape. Maybe he wants a wing back as opposed to a right back. Maybe he wants to switch things around. I don't know. I'm a little surprised he goes for a free. Now, now uh, former intern Niall jumps in as well and brings up that 
the way the Red Bulls do business is quite baffling. They could have let Aaron Long go for a good price as well. Now, the, this is one thing to keep in mind with the Red Bulls. And, and Rich brings up uh, Red Bulls budget. Like, this is what it is. We're not going to change anything, whatever. You could have moved pieces around. I would have moved pieces around to keep Kyle Duncan. I'm, I'm sorry. I would have found a way because I don't think he's that expensive. Ustende is not paying crazy amounts of money in Belgium. But Red Bull has this weird thing. And we've talked about it when it comes to Leipzig. And I think it's going to come up more and more with Leipzig. Um they don't necessarily have to make money with Leipzig. They have money. Red Bull is doing okay. I'm contributing the most I can. Okay, I'm doing the best I can with contributing to the Red Bull coffers. Uh, I'm sure there are plenty of other people who do the same. They don't have to sell players to stay afloat. So they can, at times, run guys' contracts down and keep them because they're of more value to the Red Bull organization by staying, playing the contract out, they're not going to re-sign them, rather than selling them a year early. I get that. Salzburg and New York and Bragantino, I think, which is kind of on a little bit of an island when it comes to the Red Bull organization, along with the others, they're a little different. But Leipzig doesn't necessarily have to sell. I wonder if that comes across with New York as well, and I wonder if that comes across more in deals like Aaron Long, where it's, do we really need to bring in the extra $4 million, $5 million, whatever it would have been for Aaron Long before he was injured to transfer him, or would we rather just keep him, and if we sign him to a new deal at the end of the deal, that's cool. If we don't, that's cool too. I don't know. I, I, I'm getting the sense that's the case. With, like this Kyle Duncan situation for me is part of that. I mean, I think uh, many other clubs would say a 24 year old right back who was our one of our best performers all season long. It's not going to be crazy money to keep them. We're going to keep them, knowing that we might transfer them before their next deal is up. I don't know if the Red Bulls think that way. I, I think they're just basically like, okay, you want to do a new deal? Here's what we can offer you. Oh, you don't? Okay, cool. We'll go sign somebody else. Bye. Thanks. I don't know. And and with New York as well, Jarrett, when it comes to this, you know, is Kyle Duncan going to be a guy who goes through the Red Bull pipeline? And this is another thing where you're talking about priorities with them. You know, he's not Caden Clark. He, he's not Tyler Adams. Is he going to go to Salzburg and get to that level? Potentially. I, I don't think that's crazy talk to have Kyle Duncan play at Red Bull Salzburg. But is he going to get to Leipzig? Probably not. Could you go get another right back who might get you there? Yeah, and maybe that's the bet here is rather than keeping a, what, if we were going to go into a, a poker analogy here, you're the analogy king, Jarrett, so I'm sure you have a better one, but you know, do you want to keep the pair of nines that you have in Kyle Duncan, or do you want to shoot for the three of a kind with something else and, and toss something back into the pot? Well, I mean, the idea there is familiarity. Like, if you're familiar with him and he fits what you're liking and the raise wasn't too much, then, you know, you're going and doing that. Because you're thinking, if he's going to a Belgium, a Belgian club that's not like one of the two or three Belgian clubs that just pop to the top of your mind immediately, the raise can't be that much, can it? So maybe, yeah, maybe they've just said, okay, we like what he offers. We like this key line pie. But there's German chocolate cake out there. We just have to find it. Okay. I, I like key lime pie, though. I really like I, I think I'd rather have the key lime pie, to be perfectly honest. I would, too. Yeah. 
I, I, I would too. I mean, but there, I, I also know people who, the people that do like German chocolate cake, um, they would trade we'll the key crusade in the name of German chocolate cake. That's, that's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Now, Jason, brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. I I think you uh you are underestimating uh people like me. Nick says uh, Red Bull can't be making all that money from that energy drink. Have we investigated them for money laundering or drug dealing or NFT scams or something? <laughs> oh, wow. Um, I, I don't want to tell you how much I spend on Red Bull a year, but uh, it's a lot, and I know I'm not in the like crazy end of it either. Uh, Burn points out Red Bull's corporate made a net profit after taxes of 1.5 billion last year. Profit. They're doing okay. They can let they're, Kyle they're Duncan doing walk. Okay, yeah. They can let Kyle Duncan walk. Um, Rich says, I always, always love when the director of football for Red Bull said, Red Bull New York's only job was to develop players for Leipzig and Salzburg. And then when asked who's good to move them to Europe, he said none of them. Um, well, I mean, at that point, yeah, I think he had already kind of ruled out Caden Clark, if I remember this, or maybe this was before Caden Clark came. Um, I vaguely remember this interview. I think he's given a few of them over the years. If that's the end goal for Red Bull New York is, all right, we want them to develop players that can move to Salzburg, that can move to Leipzig, um, or I think... I think they should be looking at guys who could potentially move to Bragantino as well, who's becoming a power in South America, by the way. And then other than that, if you fit into the cap, if you, you, you want to take whatever salary we're going to offer you, cool, stick around. If not, then bye. Now, Sean Davis, I think, is about to be into this list. And Sean Davis has been their captain for a long time. He's kind of the epitome of the Red Bulls. And some of the comments he was making late in the season, it sounds like he might not be back. That's a little bit of a surprise because he feels like the figurehead of what this team is. So I don't know. Maybe that's just where they're at is, is they just say, okay, he's good, but he's not that good. We can go get somebody who might be a guy who moves to Salzburg or Leipzig as opposed to Duncan, who's going to go to Belgium instead. Maybe I kind of hate that for Red Bull, New York fans, but you know, there's that. Um, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at with it, man. Like, and we've, we've gotten to know some Red Bulls people, um, 
Daniel Fierstein was one of the first, I think one of the first guests we had yep. leading up to the Atlanta Red Bulls game. Um, Daniel's a great follow, by the way, if you want to like follow someone who gets completely unhinged during New York sports. A little bit. Absolutely fantastic to watch. A little bit. Um, but I, in, in getting to know some New York fans, like I, man, I wouldn't blame them if they get a little salty about this stuff at all, because it does feel like, like the way Red Bulls talks about the New York team, uh, they're just there to they're just there to provide provide cannon fodder and provide people to develop, and then we can bring them over here. And you know, if they don't win the league, well, that's quite all right because they're doing their job. You know, giving us a couple guys every couple of years. Like I don't blame y'all if y'all get mad at that. Yeah, I don't either, and, and it's a tough balance for them. Like they're gonna have to figure out a way to put all this together in a marketing uh, document and be able to tell their story because right now they're just not. And it shows at the gate. It's sad because they have one of the best stadiums in the league and they are a developmental club. I mean, when, when we talk about Red Bulls and we talk about city football group and two teams in New York, NYCFC does not have the same feel at all that Red Bull has. And, you know, maybe it's because they're not expecting players from New York to go to Manchester City. Maybe they're looking at it the other way of guys who are on the fringes in Manchester or at other CFG clubs can go to New York and get experience, which I think is something that the Red Bull organization should be looking at because they've got guys who come up through Salzburg and Leipzig who need a change of pace, need something different, bring them here. And that's only happened a little bit. CFG could look at that more for New York City. I think they're starting to with guys like Santiago Rodriguez who are coming up from Montevideo City, Torque in Uruguay, and then coming to New York to see where they're at before moving on. Um, Yanhel Herrera was one who was in the mix like that, came to New York, did really well, went over to Europe, hasn't made it to City, but made it to Europe after coming to New York. So we'll see. Um, it's just it's a weird balance for this league at times, but this happens in other leagues too. I mean, Salzburg is is a feeder club to Leipzig in Austria, and and they are, and they know they are, and they're also better resourced than anybody else in Austria. So it's a little bit different situation than New York, who is not better resourced than anybody else in Major League Soccer. Uh, maybe that resource number needs to go up a little bit from the Red Bull organization to support what's going on in New York, and maybe they produce better talent if that was the case. We'll just have to wait and see. Um, Sean Vergara is putting blasphemy into the Twitch pitch. I'm sorry for everybody having to read that uh, he thinks Monster is better than Red Bull. That's just crazy talk. That, that's Wow. That's crazy talk, and it's no. Um, well, at least you didn't say it was Rockstar was better. But it's No, they're, those are both bad. Those are both really, really bad. Bang. Bang. I... I, I I don't look at that one, John. I, I skipped that one. Cronk uh, Juice was, was, was pretty special uh, back in the day from Little John. I, I'll give him that. But the rest of them, no, not so much. Um, I just don't like coffee, y'all. I, I got to have something. I got to have some caffeine in the morning. I don't like yeah. coffee. So I, 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 I do this. Uh, five Takes tells me I need Zoa energy in my life. I might need to try something different. But then New York Red Bulls wouldn't be able to afford anybody if I don't help them out. So, you know, what can I do? Uh, according to according to Michael Head on Twitter, the uh, there was a video that came out talking about the production of the Red Bull drink, and it takes Red Bull uh, nine cents to create the can that you are drinking. 
To create the can or to create the drink? The drink. The, the drink. the drink inside the can that you are drinking costs them nine cents to create. And wholesale, they sell them for a dollar. Well, you know how business and production lines work, right, John? Mm-hmm. That's pretty typical. That might even be on the, the higher side. Of slurm from that episode of Futurama. <laughs> That's where we are. Like, yeah. Futurama never told a lie, first of all. Um, that show never told a lie. It was basically telling the story of Red Bull. Okay. I did not know this. Thanks, uh, Jerry. Yeah, I, mean, I, did, I did not know this. After battle. Well, no. It's, obviously, Red Bull's not made you know, on a distant planet by some giant monster but that we know of. Um, yeah, that we know of. Yeah, that we know of. Now, Patrick Sullivan chimes into the yeah, first pitch with a... Well, hold on. We got one more to stay off track. Uh, Patrick Sullivan chimes in with the Jolt Cola rest in peace on the the Twitch pitch. Oh, Jolt Cola. That was good stuff. I don't know. I I worked a promotional gig for Project 961 back in the day at Nopi Nationals, and they gave us free NOS. Yeah, I didn't like that stuff. That that stuff could pull the paint off of the asphalt. Uh, yeah, I don't like that stuff. And Sean, I am not a closet New York Red Bulls fan. I just like their watermelon and their coconut and the pomegranate's okay, but the watermelon is the bomb. That's the problem. Red Bull keeps making really nice flavored drinks that I like to drink. Yeah. That's I it. Mean, legit- if legitimately, you, Discord, you would know that he's actually a closet t- or a Toronto fan. No, not anymore, J- Jared. You heard me in the uh, the broadcast from Toronto where uh, that breakup was loud, <laughs> very very loud. <laughs> I was a little irate. I might have to clip that one for people who didn't hear it and uh, turn it down a, a few notches on the on the list because wow, I, I got a little little riled up when Josie Altador decided to go rogue. Hmm. Uh, I, I, legitimately, Jolt Cola for me was oh, the only time that I got a sugar shake from all the caffeine in a system you're, you're, for a drink. You're, you're weak, man. You're weak. And, and there were a bunch of friends of mine in high school who did this when Jolt made their resurgence and showed up at like one podunk. Uh, convenience store in Morrow and we found it and drank them before school one day in, in high school and everybody else started getting headaches and feeling bad and I'm like give me another one let's go let's go come on <laughs> so, I, I don't know I, I, I guess my system is all kind of weird I, th- I think that your I think your system is uh, specifically structured for those kinds of drinks it's not structured for coffee though that's what's funny about it um i don't get it but anyway uh all right let's get into a couple other things on the mls front because uh the business side of the league is always really interesting as well and this just comes across from michael loray a contributor for forbes sports Austin FC, only MLS team to sell out 100% of their home matches in 2021. So they sold every ticket they had. Um, Average attendance, 20,738, fifth in the league. Now, John said they needed to build a bigger stadium. They probably did with these numbers in year one, but it's year one, so let's see. Austin also, number two in sponsorship sales, which I think is huge, and you got to really keep that in mind. 96% 96% season ticket renewal for 2022. They'll sell the other 4% fast. 28,000 season ticket wait list for a, a stadium that seats 20,738. And also, Austin FC, highest merchandise sales in MLS. Now, they were new, so of course everybody's buying it for the first time. That 
happens from time to time. But it only happens when you do things right. Austin, with those numbers, has really, really knocked it out of the park on the business side so far. Soccer side's got to catch up. But the business side in Austin, John, is killing it at the moment. Yeah, and when uh, the boss and I went to the the first match at Q2 for the, the women's national team, you could see that there was, outside of all of the, the national team gear that folks were wearing for the event, there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of Verde around. And it was on signs. It was part of the marketing. The, 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 just, the whole marketing element of it was on blast, and it showed up with a lot of folks in their casual wear in the three days that we were there. You couldn't turn a direction and, and see someone that wasn't wearing something that had Austin FC on it. You go to the, the game at Q2, and in the mix of all of the, the red, white, and blue, you got your you had your Verde there as well. And so I, you, have a, you have a town that has embraced this club leading into year one and what we've seen from year one. And... You know, I know that you had mentioned that we had been discussing Austin in year two. The the on-field product has to catch up with all of the things that we've seen to get Austin FC off the ground in a marketing sense. They've hit all of those right notes. Now, how do they keep that momentum, especially in a in a town that is growing and in a section of Texas that is in between other clubs? So that that for me is the interesting aspect of the marketing element in hey, all of this. Hey, maybe maybe I'm wrong here, but this always comes up. Mm. Do you think it really matters that there are two other clubs in Texas for Austin? Because you just said like you gotta you gotta worry about people dealing with Houston, dealing with Dallas. I don't think it matters. I don't think it has anything to do with it. I, I think Austin is doing Austin, and Houston fans are not going to be like, "Ooh, let's go switch." Because how far is Houston from Austin? Uh, a couple hours. So that would be like Atlanta United fans in Atlanta opting for Charlotte. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. That doesn't make any sense. So like, and it always comes up. I'm, this isn't something that, that you're bringing to the table. Like it comes up a lot. Like, oh, why do you have a third team in Texas? Because they're not anything like Houston or Dallas. No, they're not. <laughs> and they're, they're, no, they're Anthony, Anthony Precourt saw an opportunity in a growth market as a part of his deal for becoming owner for Columbus Crew, yeah. and he jumped in on it, and you're seeing what it has happened, what has happened with it in year one from a promotional and a and a marketing and merchandising sense. Two hours and forty minutes, Austin to Houston. So yeah, it just it has no no effect. What about Dallas to to Austin? Give me those numbers. Who's got them? DM Tim, you got those two? I think that's about ninety minutes. Okay, so that's a little bit closer, but still, it's. It doesn't matter. Austin's going to build Austin, and Houston needs to build Houston. Yeah, they and do. they don't have a ton of fans, Joe Boss, even though you're being very, very mean. Um, I, I think that can change. Uh, Houston is reportedly uh, in the mix to bring in Jonathan Dos Santos, uh, who is now available, which wouldn't be bad. Um, they do need to lean harder into the Mexican market in Houston and do it the right way, not do it in a... Uh, token way do it in a real way where you're building connections with a fan base that i think will support good soccer when it's played and houston dynamo frankly haven't played a lot of good soccer in a long time uh one reason is because they haven't had the players to play good soccer and i think tab ramos lost his job because of that 
Mm-hmm. Dallas is a completely different situation. They've been really, really good at developing talent. Maybe they need to play some of that young talent a little bit faster rather than letting them walk out the door before really playing them. But Dallas is, is a unique situation too. And Dallas bet on building a stadium in Frisco ahead of Frisco being big enough to really support that. And I think they're still playing catch-up with that regard. It just hasn't gotten there yet. Can it? Yeah. You put a winning product on the field for a period of time in a big market, and people are going to catch on. We're, we're seeing it everywhere. MLS is at the point now, Jarrett, where you know hockey has been, uh, frankly, where the the Braves were. And the Braves are a different situation. You've got you know generations and generations of Braves fans. But you also saw in Atlanta people who are not baseball fans, I'll put my hand up on this, who were kind of enthralled with everything going on with the Braves in their World Series run. MLS teams get that reaction. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. Now, too, I'm watching people in, in Salt Lake who are not soccer people, who have not talked about RSL, are now like, hey, conference finals, let's go. If you put a winning product on the field, for a consistent period of time, people will come out and support it. It's not that hard anymore. <laughs> you just have to actually build a good team. Yeah, you do. And they, I mean, I've lost track how many economic studies there have been done about this, but you go look at revenues versus from having a star player on a meandering team versus having a great team that wins games with not necessarily a star player. It's where you're going to, Generate more ticket sales and revenue. People like to see a winner. Don't want to win too much. I mean, you don't want to. You don't want to take the the. You don't want to take the mystique out of games over the long term. But in the short term, hell yeah, you do. Um, you want to do what Atlanta did in 2018, or Red Bulls did in 2018, or what New England did this year. But winning cures a lot of ills, and uh, American prophet Al Davis was not wrong, man. Just win, baby. Mm, yeah, I do. Just it's, win. It's huge. And, it's not and, that complicated. It does, this doesn't require. This does not require you to put together some crazy, insane formula and wild promotions to and this, that, and they're like, no, just build a winning team. Get people in place who can build a winning team and win games. Now you've got to then hook people once they pay attention to you, and you know you only get so many times to do that, and that's something like right now. The Braves haven't hooked me yet to like get completely hooked into everything going on. I'm not following all the off-season moves, uh, possibly because they might go on strike or be locked out because Major League Baseball is uh, drunk and stupid, right, Jarrett? 
Mm. Major League Baseball is um, Major League Baseball is actively sitting on a grenade, and they pulled the pin, and they're just waiting to see what the hell happens. Um, Major League Baseball looks like a Foghorn Leghorn episode right now is what it looks like. Uh, also, teams just made a bunch of moves yesterday because the, the idea was if they didn't get them done yesterday, then they would not be able to get anything finalized before a potential work stoppage tomorrow. Which is going to be really fun because, uh, for instance, Texas Rangers dropped uh, three hundred and twenty-five million. I think it yes. was on one yes. player. Yes, um, uh, Sager. Yeah, Corey Corey Sager. Uh, it's going to be real fun to watch these uh, teams cry poor, you know, as these negotiations go on and as they use their uh, as they use their their intermediaries through the media. Um, I look forward to seeing them all cry poor after dropping over a billion dollars in contract yesterday around the league, easily yeah. over a billion dollars. Um, we'll see what happens. Baseball, well, like a good thing, and you just—I, I, man, whatever. <laughs> I'm convinced that Rob Manfred's existence is just a plot by Bud Selig to make sure he doesn't go down in history as the worst commissioner of the game. Eh, maybe decent plot. Decent plot. While uh, while baseball is uh, what what do they do, Jared? They they pulled the pin on the grenade and they're waiting to see what happens. Uh, uh, that's your, your yeah. Description. It's like a Foghorn Leghorn episode. It's like when Foghorn Leghorn would. You know, they're picking up the dog and smacking it with a piece of wood, but they didn't draw a line to, to get far enough away. They're just going to guess this out. That's where we're at. They didn't measure out the rope on the dog's leash like Foghorn Lakehorn would. They just lifted up the dog, used the two by four, and they're just going to walk a couple steps away and see what the hell happens. So then while that's happening, uh, Major League Soccer, I think, is sitting off to the side just watching with glee. Because when, yeah, when, when you go look at the way, by the way, that this is being covered compared to Major League Soccer when they had a potential war, uh, you know, when they were having their debate, their debates and you know, the, the <laughs> oh, yeah, angst ridden moments about the CBA. Go look at the way they're covered differently. It's a little different. Just a little, it's a little different. <laughs> Just a little bit. Call it a little different. Slightly, <laughs> slightly uh, different perspectives here. Um, but also, I mean, when you get into the grand scheme of things and, you know, we've talked about this when it comes to the business side of the game because look the business side of the game is part of this conversation mls is in a really good spot you have what's going on in austin you have what's going on in charlotte and what charlotte is going to do and those numbers are starting to come out Uh, their president nick kelly said they're going to hit the twenty thousand season ticket mark sometime in late january or february they're expecting over forty thousand uh committed for the opening match um, that's now, <laughs> that's going to be by the end of the week. So they're going to have a gigantic crowd for their home opener in early March against the LA Galaxy. They're going to do their kit reveal. They, they've got a sponsor in, or a partnership with Centene, who is helping to build the mini pitches all over the Charlotte area. Um, things are blowing up in Charlotte. Things have blown up in Austin. Things are going to blow up in St. Louis for, for St. Louis City. Uh, if Vegas happens, I think it'll be big. You've got big stories going on all over MLS already with existing teams. The business side is really growing in a big way. Major League Baseball is sabotaging itself with stupidity. Like They're good at that. Oh, let's have playoffs where you get to pick who you play. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, 
Um, stupid morons. So you've got hey, MLS. Don't let anything distract you from the fact that you still took away my two leg playoffs, you jerks. Well, look in, in the grand scheme of things, a single game knockout, which I don't like, is better than hey, LA Dodgers. Who do you want to play in the first round? Tell us on a TV special. Woo! You should be able to take somebody out of their farm system if you if. if let, let, you know what? Let's get stupider, Major League Baseball. How about if you do this? And let's say, hey, the Dodgers get the pick. Of the, oh, the Dodgers pick playing the uh, – they get to play the Mets. They chose to play the Mets. Cool. If the Mets sweep them, the Mets get to take a prospect out of their double-A system. Yes. Yes, so Jason. Already, like, you already crossed the Rubicon. Why not keep yeah. going? Yes, the gates J- of Rome ain't that far. Yes, Jason Nix. The Major League Baseball has floated a proposal for expanded playoffs and picking your – opponent in the first round of some stupid nonsense uh because they're making good decisions at, at the major league baseball offices uh the nfl's the nfl it's the behemoth it's always going to be the behemoth uh probably in in our lifetimes although I, I don't know how much bigger it can get and you do have those numbers that are out there that are a concern for people in football about youth participation being down in, in american football in a huge way and there's all the other conversations about safety and all these other things. This is going to be something that will have an effect on American football over time. Uh, it's not having an effect on the college side right now because people are throwing around money like drunken sailors. It's really stupid. <laughs> but, of course, they can't pay the players. You know. <laughs> no. Can't do that. Can't do that. Nope. But you, you can pay Brian Kelly more than any other football coach in the country to, to leave Notre Dame and come to LSU. But, no, nah, you can't pay the players anything. Jerry, you want to talk about LSU real quick? Oh, there you go. <laughs> I don't side. know if I do or not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Sorry, I just keep walking this into uh, Jarrett angry mode uh, this morning. My bad. Yeah, that's fine. No, no big deal. Thanks again, Scott Woodward. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know what? It was way, to, way to spend your salary. Way to spend your increase from ESPN on one dude. You know what? I don't have a problem with firing O the way when they did. You avoided the dead cap bounce that comes with that because if they had not fired him when they did, I guarantee you he would have found a way to beat Arkansas and Alabama in that run instead of losing those games, and it would have been hilarious because then you would have ended up with him beating A&M just like Les Miles did where they damn near carried the man off the field and they had to keep him. Okay, cool. What are we going to do? We're going to go get a big-name coach because that's what Scott Woodward likes to do. Scott Woodward's biggest get in his career before this was getting Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M and paying him the amount of money that a small African nation generates in five years. Hmm. Oh, you say, cool, cool. So we're going to do that? Yeah, man, we're going to make a big splash. We're going to get Jimbo. You've been trying to get Jimbo since like 2007, man. Hell. Can I have a sidebar really fast, Jarrett, so you can yeah, gather sure. yourself for a second? Um, sidebar. I, I've I've asked this a few times. Why do we not have in, in MLS uh, coaches with names like Jimbo and uh, Dabo and and who else we got? Uh, didn't we have a, a a Sunny pop up here at some oh, point? Oh yeah, Sunny Dykes. Sunny yeah. Dykes. A trooper, Sunny troopers popping up. Yeah. I mean, dude, Trooper Taylor, Trooper Taylor. For those who followed the 2011 Auburn season, they'll remember Trooper oh, Taylor. Yes, they will. Why don't we have these kinds of uh, wonderful five-year-old names uh, in, in you MLS need more coaching coaches circles. from middle of nowhere Ohio, yeah. other than uh, Caleb Porter? And you also need to start digging into getting your coaches out of West Virginia. Yeah, 
Gus isn't yeah, that bad, answer. Ricky. Like Gus, Gus isn't that bad of a, a childish name. And and Jason Nix, Bobo's his last name. He didn't get a choice in that one. Like a grown man deciding to go by Dabo and by Jimbo, it is professionally. I gotta wonder a little bit about. Well, that, I mean, and Dabo isn't even like Dabo. It's short for that boy. That's where that comes <sighs> from. It's Dab. You know, that boy is Dabo. That boy, hey, Patrick Sullivan was one of the most infamous emperors in Rome, and he got that name because it meant little boots. So Patrick yeah. Sullivan has the one. This guy needs to be a coach in MLS to try to equal this out. Joe Max Moore. We need Joe Max as, as a head coach in MLS. Yeah, I don't think fine. Joe Max wants. To if coach. you want to get weird name coaches in MLS, I'm fine. With I think that. Joe like, Max is from Oklahoma. Has a coach so who's going by Gonzo in, to the fans. That's a step in the right direction for you. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, yeah, sorry, Scott, sorry. Woodward made his, Scott Woodward wanted to make his hay with these big, splashy hires. Didn't get Jimbo because he wasn't going to get Jimbo most likely because he's the one that he already Jimbo got Jimbo. Yeah, he already got Jimbo once. Somewhere else. With all their money. So so they swung big, missed, I guess, on some people. Passed up on getting a guy at UL uh, in Billy Napier who's going to go to Florida because there's something about, and Jason, we talked about this with Ron Hunter. There's something about when you're the biggest program in the state, you cannot deign to take someone from a smaller program within your state because UGA with Ron Hunter would have been amazing. But UGA or Tech was never going to touch Ron no. Hunter because he was at Georgia State and that was beneath them. So now, instead, it's, it's Georgia a has a state. wonderful head coach on the basketball side who uh, is just doing such a bang-up job for that program yeah. and has continued to do such a bang-up job since he arrived and it mm-hmm. hasn't improved or gotten yeah, worse but man i'll bet he sells a good used car anyway go back to, back to you jared uh so it but on that note lsu was probably not going to hire uh billy napier because he's from a quote-unquote a lesser program within the state even though the lesser program might go with the sun belt this year let's go see um yeah i don't love the hire of a guy who doesn't really fit culturally there's a there's a difference in catholics y'all not all catholics are created equally in louisiana catholics aren't the same as midwestern ones that like somebody said last night, and I thought it was accurate. That's a man who looks like Sprite is too spicy for him. Yeah, and maybe I'm wrong. My favorite timeline would be the one where he gets down there, and not only does he like succeed, but he is in cra- increasingly broken by Louisiana culture, and we end up finding him on top of a float shirtless, like chugging etouffee. And just having the time of his life in that state somehow wait a minute. him. Wait a minute. And he goes insane and becomes a, a native son wait, of Louisiana. Wait a minute. So you just gave the mental image of Brian Kelly going to LSU <laughs> shirtless chugging on etouffee. On a float yeah, yeah. chugging etouffee. I don't care what he's on. He's shirtless chugging etouffee in Jarrett's fantasy, and I'm disturbed by it. <laughs> I am too. <laughs> Look, the best, the funniest thing ever was still that they made a they made a float one year of less miles with like uh, with with the the game clock running out because less miles did not think that time was a linear construct. That is true. <sighs> I don't love the hire. Let's see what happens, man. I got big issues with LSU athletics with all the Title Nine stuff anyway. And it, you know what, though? Hey, at least this—at least the standing areas around the practice facility are solid. It's not a scissor lift, so we can't yeah. send the kid up in a scissor lift anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't even get anyway, started on that one. Yeah, let's, let's get back to let's get back to soccer. 
Okay. Um, this is what happens sometimes on, on soccer down here. The, the down here part really chimes in when we start talking uh-huh. about other things. Yeah, but where we were was talking about the, the business side of things when it comes to MLS. And Austin killing it. Charlotte so far killing it. Obviously, there, there's money in sports. Obviously, there is money on the broadcast side in sports because it's really the only thing driving the advertising these days because, I mean... Everybody, I think, has changed the way they watch TV. There's no, uh, uh, what, what was the, the the Friday night ABC lineup that everybody had to sit and watch because you had to watch it from TGIF. The TGIF lineup, the, the Thursday lineup on NBC that everybody had to watch. Like, th- those don't exist anymore because you can just watch it on demand. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, like there's there's nothing driving that, and yes, there's advertising on those things, but live sports is critical. So MLS is going to benefit from that. MLS is in a really good position to do it. I think over time, with a new broadcast deal, the World Cup coming, more sponsorship money wanting to come into it because again, live sports drives all this stuff, and MLS is a live sport. Is it the NFL? Is it college football? Is it NBA or Major League Baseball, I think it is the equivalent of the NHL. I'm, I'm not trying to diss any of, of our, our hockey fans out there. I think across the board, across North America, MLS and the NHL are pretty similar in terms of level, in terms of franchise value, in terms of... If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everything. NHL gets more money from TV historically because of the history. MLS has got to catch up on that. They've only been around for 26 years. That's going to catch up because the demographics are going to push it in that way and this is why baseball came up this morning baseball's demographics their fan base is the oldest of any of these entities we're talking about they're not really doing a good job of trying to change that having teams pick their playoff opponent is not really going to change that (laughs) they're flailing miserably and they're probably going to have a work stoppage which is not going to help them either the nfl is getting older in terms of their fan base NBA, Major League Soccer are the two who I think are really positioned to continue to grow and grow and grow. The NHL is is what the NHL is going to be. Like they do pretty well demographically, but I mean, frankly, there's parts of North America and especially in this country, uh, not so much the Canadian version of it, but the money's on this side. There's parts and Atlanta's one where you just don't have much of an opportunity to grow up playing hockey. You do have an opportunity to grow up playing soccer. And the numbers back it up, and this is why 
getting kids active and doing all the camps and clinics and doing all those sorts of things are important for teams to do. The numbers back it up. If a kid grows up playing soccer, they are far more, more likely to be a fan and buy season tickets and watch games on TV. Same with any sport. Because you've grown up around it. You understand it at a different level. You want to follow it more because you can relate to it more. That's huge. Hockey's always going to suffer in that regard. Just because there's parts of the country where... I mean, how many kids are playing hockey in the Atlanta area right now? Like, a thousand? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I don't even know if it's a thousand, to be honest. And there's clubs in the metro Atlanta area in the soccer side who have a thousand kids in one age group. So, I mean, that's, that's going to be a huge benefit here for MLS. But what they have to do, and the next step, is all these kids who have played, all these kids who are a, around the game at a young age, have to then be converted to fans. And I think it happens in two fronts. And, and this is really bigger than an MLS conversation. It's not just MLS because you only have so many markets in MLS. It's, it's across the country. You now have a professional team for a kid in Greenville, for a kid in Statesboro, for a kid in Birmingham to go follow and be a fan of and aspire to play for. You also have that in the big markets in MLS as well. That's a game changer. And that's, that's so different than it was when I was a kid back in the, the, the Stone Age where you didn't know if the team that you followed was going to be back year to year. Now you know, for the most part, these teams are all going to be back. You don't see pro teams going away anymore in soccer on a major scale. When you see it, it's kind of shocking now. That's huge. And that's going to be this tide change, I think, over the next decade, where is MLS going to pass Major League Baseball in the next 10 years? No. You're talking about, what, over 125 years, almost 140 years of history with the National League, for example? Yeah. Like, MLS has got 26 years, going into your 27 next year. No, it's not, because you've got so many people who are decision makers and influencers who grew up with baseball who didn't grow up with MLS. But those numbers are changing every single year. MLS is going to be on a different level in the next 10 years, and they have this opportunity to do it. And when Major League Baseball does these stupid things, when what... I'm afraid is going to happen in college football, and, and as Jarrett pointed out in our uh, offline chat this morning, I think you've got a bunch of athletic directors and, and maybe networks who are looking at what the Super League tried to do in Europe and saying, hey, we could do that with college football. There's nothing to stop us. <laughs> and we could I do wish it. that was an original idea of mine, but I know a lot of people yeah. talked about it, and they'll keep talking about it. Yeah, but I mean, as, as, and as angry as the, the higher-powered uh, – college football programs are at the NCAA, it could be just like CFA 2.0 back in the 1980s. It's a little different in that it might actually need to happen in college football because the NCAA is so incompetent, but I don't think it helps it grow, and I think it actually starts it kind of trending the other way. MLS has a big opportunity here. So when we start talking about little things like playoff formats and broadcast and all that, it's actually really important. Because if they do the right things over this next 10 years, yes, that idea of MLS being one of the biggest leagues in the world, and honestly, something that people really don't get into, being one of the biggest leagues, which it's already part of whatever big five you want to call it here, but being a bigger player in that, and what's going to decide it is not what some sports editor says. It's going to be 
what that big company decides to spend their money on, what this big TV network decides to spend their money on. That's what's going to determine it more than some old-time sports writer at a newspaper who doesn't like soccer and never is going to like soccer. That stuff's changing really, really fast. And your Austins, your Charlottes, your St. Louis's, along with your Atlantas and your other markets are, are going to dramatically change it. But, Jerry, I'll give you the last word. MLS has to get the process, the decisions right to be in a position to take advantage of where the landscape is. They do, and this is it. We're not going to see. I don't know if we're going to see how it all plays out for a while, but uh, we'll, we'll see the 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 real impact of it all. But I, I just want to see. I just want to see everybody be proactive and get stuff right, and hit their demographics, and and take advantage of the gaps you're given by other leagues. Like if people are going to give them, if people are going to give them the space, then take it, run with it. Yeah, you know. And on that note, I'm leaving you. Also, as I leave you, though, oh, boy. I do want to, uh, I do want to wish. That this is for John and and, uh, and the boss. Um, it is the uh, today is the anniversary of uh, of the night that Auburn's going to win the football game. Auburn's <laughs> going to win the football game. Rest in peace, Rob Gramlin. Amen. Because my God, it's it is the best call in college football history for my money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's an amazing call. Uh, uh, insane situation, but one of the best calls in, in sports ever. I'll give you a uh, I'll give you a behind the scenes with John here for that one. Yes. Uh, when we go to these games, the seats that uh, the family has are upper deck, first and second rows on the visitor side at about the 20 yard line. And in that particular game, uh, as Adam Griffith is setting up for the field goal, and I knew that he had the leg for it considering what we saw with his leg at Calhoun before he went to the University of Alabama, I said, he can hit a 57-yarder. Our nieces are sitting off to our right. One of our nieces turns to me, sees Chris Davis going behind or underneath the goalposts, and she says, why is he doing that? And I explained last plays of regulation, you know, you can get a return, those kinds of things. So after Chris Davis runs it back the other way, I turned to my niece and I said, that's why he's under the goalposts. She had a, she got a good laugh out of that. <laughs> it's just also for what it's worth, Eli Gold's call, even as the, um, even as like the losing announcer is very, very good. Yeah, it is. It is also uh, one of the best. Eli Gold is a wonderful announcer. Uh, but yes, uh, today was the day that uh, that Auburn's going to win the football game. Yay. Let's all, let's all enjoy that together. I'll see you later. Thanks, Jarrett. Bye. Alabama Bye. fans are now angry with you, Jarrett, but that's okay. Care? I enjoy it. I'm sure. Good. I'm sure you're still salty about everything going on with LSU. I get it. It's okay. okay. Bye, Jarrett. John, tell us about Toka Football and Eliminize. Do you have a young soccer player in your family? Have you ever considered, ever, ever, ever considered private instruction with a professional instructor to take your favorite player's game to the next level? Toka Football has four indoor soccer training centers in the Atlanta area. Their trainers utilize innovative technology in a fun environment to help improve your favorite player's skill and decision making. Give Toka Football a try, won't you? 
We are partnering with TOCA to offer our listeners an opportunity to check out the revolutionary and fun TOCA soccer training method for how much? No cost. Book your how much? Free. Session. Now with the promo code DHDH. That's your promo code. Go to tokafootball.com backslash program backslash TOCA dash training. TokaFootball.com backslash program backslash T-O-C-A dash training or go to SoccerDownHere.net click on the Toka Football banner and get your favorite football players game headed to that next level right now speaking of right now here's what you should know about Eliminize service Eliminize is there for you for odor free clean fresh air they deodorize enclosed spaces like houses, apartments, condos and they've created a customized solution Eliminizes all organic odors, including those from pets, cigarettes, and food, realtors, and property managers. They use Eliminize service to eliminize bad odors, odors to help them sell or rent their homes that much faster. They offer a turnkey process that makes it easy to work with real, realtors and property managers. Kind to the environment, offering a green way to get rid of odors with no toxic residue. And it's different than Febreze or other masking agents. They use a proven scientific formula to destroy odor down to the molecule. Pricing is easy. They can go by the cubic foot or they can go by parts per million to come up with a price that is affordable for you. They offer up results in 24 hours or less. If you have any questions or wish to have Eliminize be a service for you, Eliminize.com backslash Atlanta. Make sure that you use the backslash Atlanta for their special offer. E-L-I-M-I-N-I-Z-E.com backslash Atlanta. Eliminize service for odor-free clean fresh air thank you john and yes turner it is uh state champion place kicker adam griffith from the calhoun yellow jackets yes yes and i'm also going to request a uh, rewrite on the back-to-back freeze i think you need a new hook okay well we need to uh rewrite said promo well you're giving it so i'm, I'm asking you to work on it okay well then there you go that's your department I may just I may just eliminate uh, I may eliminate one of the freeze in the uh, Toka football ad. I'm sure you can figure it out. I have faith in you. Uh, Ricky Ricardo's being a hater. Uh, started on the Discord yesterday. It's continued onto the Twitch pitch. I did provoke him a little bit. Um, okay. About the Ballon d'Or because there's a certain segment uh, of people out there, and it's not just Real Madrid fans. I'm just poking the bear a little bit when it comes to Ricky. Um, there's a certain segment of Real Madrid fans who are very angry. There's a certain segment of soccer people worldwide who are very angry about Lionel Messi winning the Ballon d'Or, like he doesn't deserve to be in the conversation, which is ludicrous. D- should he win? They had a vote, and he won the vote, so take it up with the people who voted. But there are people who are trying to act like he shouldn't even be in the conversation, and that's insanity. That's absolute insanity. You can look back at his numbers. He had for Barcelona last year. You can look back at what he did for Argentina, winning the Copa America, which, yes, is a big deal because I'm noticing some of the people who are throwing the shade are like, oh, the Copa America is garbage. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, you should probably drop that line of thinking. Um, By the way, I didn't see Lewandowski win the, the Euros. I know who he plays for. I know that's not likely. But... The idea that Copa America is not a big deal, you, you got to stop. You, you got to stop with that. It goes back to the whole thing we talked about at the end of the show yesterday about the 
uh, the global standard of the way everything is done. No, the European way of doing things is a little bit different than the way other places do, and it's not a global standard because Europe does it. Um, Ricky, there are people who are saying that Messi should not even have been in the top five. Um, relax. I don't know why people are getting so bent out of shape about Messi winning. It's not like he wasn't a absolute contender to win this thing. Who else should have won it? If you want to give me the conversation that Lewandowski, as Messi said, should have won it in 2020, absolutely. They should have had an award in 2020, and Lewandowski should have won it. France football should go back and retroactively give it to him. 2020, Lewandowski should have won it. No question. None. But that doesn't mean he should have won it in 21. Messi had a better year. There's nobody else. Cristiano Ronaldo, no. The Jorginho commentary, no. Good year, great year. But it's harder for a defender, because we know how these awards are done, it's harder for a defensive midfielder to get that attention unless there's not another valid candidate. And there are valid candidates this time. So, yes. Um, Four card, absolutely, Lewandowski should have won 2020. Totally. I don't think he should have won 2021. I think Messi had the better year. It's you Flip a coin. Like, I don't know why people are getting mad about it outside of the fact that Messi's won seven of them. And there always is this thing when somebody is winning a whole bunch of awards or winning a whole bunch of MVPs that, ah, oh, well, they got too many. They shouldn't win this one. No, that has nothing to do with the conversation. You want to debate back and forth about should they have won 21 or, or not or somebody else should have won? Fine. But this idea that Messi should not have won 21 and it's a travesty that he did, no. You think somebody else should have won? Well, take it up with the voters. I don't think Lewandowski should have won 21. I think Messi had a better year. And yeah, the Copa America is a big part of it. Huge part of it. Huge part of it. But the numbers back it up. You want to you dig into those really quick and we can talk about them and what these guys did in the last year? Look at what Messi did for Barcelona, which was not the best team in La Liga. And look at what Lewandowski did. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For Bayern, which was by far the best team in the Bundesliga. Why shouldn't he have won? Give me the answer other than I don't like him because he's won six of these already or Lewandowski should have won. Ah, you know. Modaflow says Moises Caicedo should have won the 2021 Ballon d'Or, but I digress. All yes. right, we want to we get into the numbers for the last year. Let's see if we can do this easily. We're going to try our friends at SofaScore so we can compare competitions as well. 
Yeah, because I went to Transfermarkt when I was looking at Lewandowski's numbers. Just well, that to, works. To that, have that, them that, in front of me. Actually, that works. So then you give me, and I'm assuming you can read this correctly, what he did in all of his competitions last year. Give me what mess, what Lewandowski did in all of his competitions last year. 40 matches across all competitions, 48 goals, 9 assists. Okay. That's including Champions League. That's including yes. Cup, all of that. Yeah, so to break it down, it was 41 goals in 29 Bundesliga matches, five goals in six Champions League matches, two goals in Club World Cup, and then appearances in UEFA Super Cup, DFB Pokal, and DFL Super Cup. So for 40 goals and nine 40, assists. It was uh, 48 goals in 40 matches. 48 goals in 40 matches. Okay, Messi for Barcelona in 2021. 36 games, 40, 11 games, including Copa del Rey and Champions League. There was Super Copa and so 12. So 48 games. He had 38 goals, 18 assists. Assists do matter, too, in this conversation, by the way. Yeah, Lewandowski had nine assists in all competitions. So a 10-goal difference for Lewandowski, a nine-assist difference for Messi. And again, I think you compare the level of the team. So, like, again, you want to flip a coin between the two? That's fine. But this idea that there's no way Messi should have won over Lewandowski, I disagree. The numbers are very similar in terms of goals and assists, and you can go into a million other different deeper stats if you want. But when you compare the teams that they were on and what they did, and you throw in the Copa America thing, which, yeah, probably put it over the top. Mm-hmm. Okay. Done. Like, I get it. Like, if you don't like Messi, you're going to be mad about this. If you think he's the greatest player ever, then you're going to think nobody else should have won. He should have won the 2020 Ballon d'Or. Lewandowski should have won 20. Messi should have won 21, in my opinion. Which I don't think is an outlandish opinion. (laughs) So, like, I I don't get the anger about it. Other than people drinking Haterade a little bit when it comes to Lionel Messi. Um... They both had great years, but Messi ended up winning the big prize in the Copa America. Lewandowski had a really good year, but he wasn't able to repeat in Champions League. He got hurt, and that's not his fault, but he wasn't able to win that ultimate prize. He won the league as he should have, which I I think they probably could have done with somebody else. I don't think Barcelona's winning anything without Messi last year, as we see this year. Does that factor into it at all? Maybe a little bit. Maybe Ballon d'Or at times becomes a little bit of the MVP award certain times. Because in terms of being valuable to their team, obviously Messi was more valuable. Did that sway it when the numbers are similar? Maybe. If if Lewandowski had won, I don't think there should have been outrage. But I don't think there should be outrage about Messi winning either. I think people who are doing it are trying to draw some attention to themselves. And it's, it's getting a little foolish. Messi is one of the greatest players that we have ever seen in this game. There's no debating it. There's no way around it. You can't argue that. If you do, I can't take your opinion seriously if you don't think he's one of the greatest players of all time. Absolutely one of the greatest players of the last 20 years. Cristiano Ronaldo's in that conversation as well. Lewandowski's putting himself into that conversation. Does Messi get a little more attention from your average person because of his longtime track record? Yeah, he does. Over Lewandowski? Yeah, absolutely he does. But when you compare these seasons, I, I don't think there's a huge, huge difference. And I think Copa America 
and Messi's value to Barcelona versus Lewandowski's value to Bayern probably put it over the top. Probably, and that was, yeah, and that's what it was for me was uh, the Copa America, and that to me was one of the deciding factors in, in all of this for Messi over Lewandowski. Yes, for me, Lewandowski should have won it in 2020, and to everyone's point here on the Twitch pitch, yeah, they should retroactively. And they should the point that you made. Give it, give him 2020 retroactively. Mm-hmm. And I mean, because his 2020 award, yeah, that that season was just absolutely lights out, and he absolutely deserved it. Ricky Ricardo on the Twitch pitch, uh, he says he doesn't want to throw a stray at me, but he says to him, this is like Mike Trout winning MVP. As great as Trout is, his team stinks. Calm, Ricky, Ricky. There's a difference between how bad were the Angels compared to everybody else. Horrific. And how bad was Barcelona compared to La Liga and Champions League? Not horrific. Not horrific. Come on. See, you're you're better than those comments, my friend. I know you don't like Lionel Messi. I know. I know. I get it. I understand. But that doesn't work. No, 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 no. That does not work in this case. Um, There are years where that happens in our sports because you're talking about 30 teams roughly that you're you're picking guys from it's not going to happen in this case because no matter if somebody wins the pichichi in in la liga as the all-time as the leading scorer for the season from celta de vigo like they're not going to win the ballon d'or because there's going to be somebody in germany there's going to be somebody in england there's going to be somebody in italy there's going to be somebody in france that is going to get the attention so no 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 no, no, no. Oh, Ricky. What is Barcelona's level? Where did they finish in the Champions League last year? Where did they get knocked out? Was it quarterfinal round? I think that's right. Yeah, They got to the knockout. I think they got to the quarterfinal. So they were one of the 16 best teams in Europe last year. They finished in a Champions League spot in La Liga. They won the Spanish Super Cup. Come on. Come on. Now, he doesn't like yeah. messy stands, by the way. I didn't like Kobe stands while he was playing either. So you have an issue with stands more than the player. Okay. It's coming out the other way, especially with that Barcelona comment. And I'm not even like a giant Barcelona fan either. That's what's so funny about it. Um, I don't know. Nothing's going to change this, so I mean, we, can, we can move on. It was a toss-up, in my opinion, between the two. I shaded it to Messi because of what he did with Copa America, and I really do have an issue with European experts who are acting like the Copa America doesn't matter. I really have an issue with that. Um, it did matter. And I think it's what won him the, the trophy in this case. It's a trophy for the best player. It doesn't really mean that much in the grand scheme of things. Except when people get mad because a player that maybe they don't like, or they don't like the player stands or whatever has won seven of them. But he's, in my opinion, the best all-around player that we have seen over a long period of time. Um, it's hard to compare his, his career to anybody else's. And we've had this conversation about Messi or Maradona, and I think Maradona in his peak, different era too, which is hard to compare, but in his peak, Maradona was the best the, the world has ever seen, winning World Cup with a lesser team, winning the Serie A with a nobody team at that time in like a year's time. 
that's incredible. I don't think that'll ever be topped. He obviously couldn't sustain that level. There were things that helped him not be able to sustain it that he discovered, uh, and he befriended in Naples. But what Messi's done is incredible. What Cristiano Ronaldo has done is incredible. Um, those two are going to go down as two of the best of all time. But I think Messi, with his overall number of goals, assists, what he won at Barcelona, now he's got that trophy that everybody wanted to hold against him when it came to Argentina. It's funny how that conversation's changed, too, by the way, with the, the Ronaldo stands, which are stands are annoying no matter what player it is. Oh, well, he doesn't have a turn. Ronaldo won with Portugal. Well, now you can't use that. But it changes to this idea that the Copa America doesn't matter. It's not the Euro. Right. No, that's... Yeah, because it's not a European competition, ergo, it's not as important or relevant. That's BS. And I, I think one of the, the things I would love to see in the world conversation about this game is a greater respect for this hemisphere. And a lot of it's South America. But yes, it's going to be more in the northern part of the hemisphere as well. Yeah, just because we don't follow all of the same things that Europe does doesn't mean it's wrong. It's different, and it works here, and there's, there's reasons why it's developed the way that it has. Anyway, man, I didn't expect this to really get people riled up as much. It's funny, but it's what a Ballon d'Or will do to you, I guess. Well, I, I always think that the, the traditional Messi versus debate is always going to get folks fired up, and in this case, it's not Messi versus Ronaldo. It's Messi versus Lewandowski. But it, I don't think it's even Messi versus Lewandowski. I think it's Messi versus people who don't like Messi or like people who like Messi. Like, I think that's what it's turned into more than anything. Um, and now the, the Barcelona and Real Madrid people are yelling at each other. Twitch bits. It's all kinds of fun. Um, anyway, Lionel Messi won it. And when he walked in, in with a ridiculous tuxedo, by the way. And his kids had the exact same tuxedo. I mean, I guess if you have to match, then you have to go ridiculous. And they all went ridiculous. Um, and Antonella, his wife, walks in in the, the gold dress. Like, you know he's winning when they come in like that. Yeah, when you get when you have the entire family coming in and you're you're doing the the walk. Oh yeah, cap, that's capital T, capital W, and you're styling, and everybody's there with you. When you have the entourage, if not if the family and an entourage, or if the entourage is just mass members of the family, you know you're winning it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He knew he was winning that thing. Um. Anyway, there's another year to come. Messi's not winning it next year. And question: Sean Vergara said, "Does, does Mo Salah win it next year?" I mean, technically, it goes through the season, the European season, um, of course, because it's France football who awards it. Um, it's early, but yeah, he's going to be in that conversation. He's absolutely going to be in that conversation. I think next year is super wide open, and it'll be fascinating to see where that conversation goes. Messi won't win it because, I mean, he's, he's gotten off to a slower start at PSG. He was injured. He's probably still celebrating Copa America. PSG's a weird situation entirely. I mean... Maurizio Pochettino is, is trying something that I've never really seen tried, and now he's going to have to adapt it because Neymar's out for a period of time. If if you haven't seen the the stills of Neymar's ankle oh, like on oh, the ground and his oh. foot rolled up underneath him, like that stuff makes me, my stomach turn because oh, I've man. my ankles are made of silly putty at this point. Uh, he's legit injured now. He might milk the injury to hang around for Carnival or who knows what else in, in Brazil, but he's legit injured. 
but Pochettino was trying to do this thing where it's like, all right, we're going to play Mbappe and Messi and Neymar up front, and they're not going to defend, and we're going to defend with seven, and we're going to have two separate teams. It doesn't work anymore. <laughs> like, you can't do that. We've had the, the, the talk about, like, can you, and this is going to come up with Manchester United, so get ready for this conversation around Ronaldo. Can you, in the modern game, have a player who doesn't run, doesn't defend? Yeah, you can. You absolutely can. Can you have two players who don't do that? Eh, you're stretching it. Maybe. You're going to have to get really creative, and you're probably going to have to have somebody work double. Can you do that with three? I don't think you can. But when you have three attacking talents like that, if you're good enough defensively, could you? That's the bet that Pochettino's making. I don't think you can against top teams. I think in France you can. I think in Ligue 1 you can. But can you in Champions League? I think you're going to get found out. Manchester United is about to be, and we, we've talked about Newcastle being one of the most fascinating teams to watch worldwide. Now Barcelona with the Xavi renaissance. Manchester United has uh, forced their way into this with the appointment of Rangnick. I really, truly don't think that the English media and Manchester United fans, and maybe Manchester United as a club, understand what they're about to get into. Because when you talk about that style of play, the pressing style, Ralph Rangnick is the godfather of a lot of that. And it's different than Bielsa. Don't lump Rangnick and Bielsa in doing the same thing, because it's not the same thing. They're different variations of it. They come from different approaches. Bielsa learned it from watching tapes and, and, and wa- doing it from afar and creating his version of it. Rangnick really created a lot of it in Germany based off the past and, and modernizing it and all that. But now the games went a step further. Does he have the team to be able to play the way he wants to play? Can he have this team start playing the way he wants to play in midseason? How do you deal with Cristiano Ronaldo, who probably can't be involved in that much pressing because it's going to burn his energy, and you don't want his energy burned there? How do you do that? Because just like Bielsa, Rangnick has been a guy who has been at clubs on the way up. He's never been at a club with the expectation. And It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I, I, I've said it all year long, nothing's changed. I don't think Manchester United is the best roster in England. I don't think they're the second best or the third best. I think they're the fourth best. But the expectation is that they're the best. How does he handle that? And how does he get a group of superstars, world superstars? For them, they got a lot of them. How does he get them to act like nobodies when they have to outwork teams? You can do that at RB Leipzig when they were on the way up. You can do that at other clubs. Can you do that with Paul Pogba, with Bruno Fernandes, with Cristiano Ronaldo. Can you get them to buy into Can you do that with Harry Maguire at center back? Also, by the way, 
because, man, he's been killing you when you've been trying to be defensive. You're going to put him at midfield and play a high line? How's that going to work? Ah? What they do tactically, is it going to be, and I don't know, is it going to be Ralph Rangnick coming in and saying, my way or the highway, I got the power, you don't want to do this? Get out. We're going to sell you. We don't care. Get out. I'm already looking at bringing in a player from RB Leipzig who would know this way of playing like the back of their hand. Okay. Is it going to be that? Or is Rangnick going to adapt to the situation? If he does, I can't wait to see what he does. Because that could be fascinating to see him, him coming from this perspective, walking into a locker room that doesn't have that perspective. But him adapting to what he has, not losing his principles, but making them fit to what he has to work with now, could be an incredible story. Could be an absolutely incredible story. It's going to be something you have to pay attention to if you get into tactics, for sure. Yeah, for me, I am looking at, I'm legitimately looking at this as one of the the subplots to pay attention to going forward. Is it my way or the highway? Who hops in on, on my way? Who ends up hitting the highway? And you know, how do you make the pieces fit? How do you how do you make them work? Who who's in? Who's not? I mean, it's it, it's going to be a lot of a lot of intrigue here, especially. And I know that uh, last time out, Michael Carrick tried to to have some elements of it, you know, in the the previous match. Yeah, and but, that, that conversation got weird too. Like, I, I, it happened here as well. I don't think people really understand this. When somebody's hired, but they're not there yet, you know, it happened with Gonzalo Pineda when he couldn't join the team immediately. He's talking to the person that's there that is going to be an assistant to him or work with him or whatever. Like, he's got influence already. He's not running the practice sessions, and maybe he's not making demands straight away, but he's saying, this is where we're going. Yeah. So you probably should go ahead and start edging down this road. So Michael mm-hmm. Carrick, like, yeah, you had elements of it because you're able to introduce those because where it's going. Like, that wasn't shocking. No. And people were like, oh, oh my gosh, Why, what, Michael Carrick's doing this. Well, yeah, because his boss is telling him to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just going forward with when, Rag, when Ragnick's in the door, I, I want to I, I see what these 11s look like. I want to see who's on the bench. I want to see who's out of the, out of the club on, on game day. I mean, Manchester United for the remainder of this season is going to be must watch. Even if you're not a Manchester United fan, just because of everything that is happening right now, leading into next season and beyond. Yeah. I mean, Newcastle, Barcelona, Manchester United, all really different, very interesting stories to follow right now in the game. Um, obviously MLS and all the roster decisions are going to be a big story as well. We talked about it earlier in the show for people who are are joining us later. The deadline for option decisions is today, is tonight, is the the best way to put it. I don't know what time. You could get announcements today from clubs. I think probably more likely you're going to get a lot of announcements tomorrow from clubs. Whenever that deadline is, I don't know if it's close of business, I don't know if it's midnight, 10 o'clock, I have no idea. But you're probably going to get a lot of announcements tomorrow. You're going to have a lot of decisions made now in MLS that will affect what teams can do in the upcoming window. 
I think it gives you a peek into it. You know, LA Galaxy now have a designated player spot open, and they need somebody to wear the armband. Orlando, same thing with Nani gone. Uh, other teams, maybe it's smaller pieces that they need to rebuild or reload from. But you're going to have a lot of decisions made around the league. There's a lot of things off the field to talk about. There's a lot of things on the field, like what Rangnick's going to do. Newcastle has you know, a gigantic week ahead. Gigantic week ahead. Because you know, a lot of people have taken it for granted. I probably did maybe a little bit too much that they'll be able to figure this out. They'll stay up. They are going to reload in January, and they're going to add talent in January that is going to give them a chance to stay up. But right now, they're in last place. And they play Norwich today, who is in 19th place, three points ahead of them. This is a huge game, because if Norwich is able to get to 12 and Newcastle still on six, then you're dealing with... Burnley, who is on nine points as well. And, oh, yeah, by the way, you host Burnley on the weekend. Mm -hmm. This is the opportunity for Newcastle. And this is where I think January gets defined for them. Let's say, both at home, too, for Newcastle, by the way. Let's say they win both, and they get to 12. And depending on the other results in the table, they are either safe or level on points with being safe. January might look different than if they lose both and they are six points away from safety. Probably more than that, away from safety. Six points away from 19th. January might get desperate then. And they might have to really overpay for some people. This week defines a lot of what Newcastle does over the next uh, couple of months and really defines the January transfer window uh, with games against the two teams that are three points ahead of them. And out of the you know, out of the blocks, Norwich got a new coach bounce the last time out. They, they found some goals, which they had uh, been on a treasure hunt for for most of the season and found a couple last time out. So... Uh, obviously, looking at your... Well, no, uh, no. Norwich, last time out, drew scoreless with Wolves. Oh, sorry. Well, I'm going back. Sorry, I went back to... When, You're going uh, back to first the 2-1 win over Southampton. That's what I'm going back to. And they beat Brentford 2-1 as well, November 6th. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, I, mm-hmm. you, look, you, look at, you look at Newcastle and you're just like, man, they are a prohibitive favorite today. Uh, at a plus 104. Now that we've transferred into, I guess, December and Christmas uh, elements for juice boxes. But yeah, uh, Newcastle's at a plus 104. Norwich is at a plus 275 going into today. So this one, if you're Newcastle, you got to have it today. You do. No. I mean, you do if you don't want to have to get desperate in January. Right. I think what it does is if you don't, if if you – if you split these games, I don't know how much changes. I, I would hope that the decision makers at Newcastle basically have a plan for January right now. They have a plan B if things completely turn and, and you get the new manager bounce that they have not found yet. And you get safe before then. Okay, then you don't have to get as crazy in January. You can upgrade, which they're going to do, which they have to do. But you don't have to get crazy. 
if it goes bad for them over the next month, then you've got to go to the other side of the plan, which is, oh, crap. We've got to spend money to try to rescue this thing and be safe. Because that puts you a year behind if you don't. Now, in the grand scheme of things, I don't know the effects on financial fair play and all of this, but if you drop down and you get a parachute payment and you have all this money to spend and you get a year to really build a squad, could it be better? You could make that argument in some ways. But they have so much money that they don't have to do that. They don't have to play that game. Um, I don't know. It's going to be fascinating. I, I, I think they end up probably near safety at the end of the month. Not there, but near it to where they don't have to be completely stupid in January. But if this week goes badly, yeah, they're going to have to be trying to find people who will take big transfer fees and players that will make the jump for big salaries, knowing that it's going to be a couple of years to get to like Champions League and that kind of stuff. We'll see. We'll see. But it's uh, fascinating. It starts today. What what else is going on in England today, John? Uh, Leeds and Crystal Palace, I think, is at 315 as well. Leeds is another one. They're in 17th. They're in 12 points. And it, it's not great for Bielsa at the moment, although it has turned around a little bit. Only one loss in their last four. That was the Tottenham. Uh, I think this is Bielsa's last year at Leeds. Yeah, I um, think so too. I think they probably need a refresh. Uh, they should stay in the same realm. They should yeah. stay with somebody who will maybe go a step further than what Bielsa's done with the style of play. They shouldn't throw that out. But yeah, I think they need a, a refresh. And that's what Marcelo Bielsa's done there is, is spectacular. To get them back, to, to keep them established, he's got to keep them up this year. Spectacular. But yeah, it's time for a refresh. I mean, when you play that style of play and you keep the same group together for this long, you're going to burn them out, and they're burned out. Yeah, and also when Patrick Bamford is injured, we know yeah. how much of a big yeah. scorer he was for them when you don't have that element in this and you've only scored 12 in 13 matches. And such a big element in the press, too. I mean, I think Bamford you know, does more than just score goals, and that's why he's such a good fit for Leeds. Is he, he's a complete player for them, and he's necessary. A couple of things on the U.S. national team front. On the men's side, Gio Reyna back in training for Borussia Dortmund. First time in a while, a long, long while. Uh, his teammates gave him a round of applause returning to the training pitch. That is a really big deal potentially for the U.S. men's national team as you get into January, February, and three huge games. And then on the women's side, uh, we have a trade in the NWSL and... This is the the nature of the business, and it's the nature of the business in the NWSL and the way things are structured. Kansas City Current, that's the the team in Kansas City. They do have a name in case you missed that. Uh, They acquired Sam Mewis in a trade with the North Carolina Courage. Kansas City sending defender Kiki Pickett and the 2022 third overall pick to the Courage. And you look at that and you're like, wait a minute, why are they trading Sam Mewis? Why would you ever trade Sam Mewis? Well, in the the release, and, and Jeff Kasufa, the equalizer, who if you're, you're looking for more information on women's soccer and, and more conversation about it, the equalizer, incredible outlet. Jeff does great, great work in this, this space, and he's done it for a long time. It's in the press release, and Jeff points it out. Kurt Johnson, the GM of the North Carolina Courage, 
says exactly why they had to do the deal. They could only protect one Federation allocated player. They have Lynn Williams and Sam Mewis in the expansion draft coming up with LA and with San Diego coming into the league. They can only protect one. So if you don't make a deal trading the other one, you're going to lose them for nothing. So this way, they get something in return. They get a player they wanted. They get a draft pick, and they they get something out of it. They protect Lynn Williams. So you had to. You're going to lose one of them. They picked which one they could deal with losing more, and they got something for them. So that's why a deal like this happens. Um, it's a little bit different structure than MLS. I think when you look at you don't have the federation allocated players and that kind of stuff. That's a huge difference. You don't have as much of this kind of maneuvering, but you do have some where teams won't be able to protect everybody. They think they'll lose somebody, so maybe in that half-day trade window, they say, well, we're going to lose this player to Charlotte anyway for 50000 bucks in allocation money. Let's get more than that in a trade and get some things for down the road. You know, Get allocation money, get draft picks, whatever. Depending on your team, you could see some of that in that half-day trade window. Uh, also, in the news this morning on the MLS front, this is absolutely no surprise, uh, Vanny Sartini in Vancouver is back. He is the head coach. Um, he was the interim, did such a great job getting them into the postseason, uh, I think really captured everybody's attention with uh, his postgame comments after getting them into the playoffs. Uh, probably drinking a little bit more champagne today as he is mm-hmm. the head coach through 2023, so a two-year deal for Vanny Sartini, and he absolutely deserved it. And I'd imagine when RSL season is done, you'll get a similar kind of announcement about Pablo Mastorini because in their situation, they don't have a lot of money to spend. He obviously has that team fighting for him. Um, it's a no-brainer. He has to get the job. After their performance in the postseason, just getting them in, even though they probably shouldn't have gotten in, he should get the job. They're not going to go out and spend money on somebody else. So I think Mastrini will get RSL. Sartini's got Vancouver. You're then still looking. Hendrickson is in Chicago. He had his introductory press conference yesterday. said all the base. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Sick things, no huge surprise. They did say they want to keep Jonathan Bornstein. Uh, for veteran leadership in that group. Houston, Dallas, LAFC are the three teams left on the managerial carousel. Is that correct? Is there anybody else that I'm missing? I'm scanning at the moment trying to uh, remember if there's anybody that's – I think that's it. I think those are the three, yeah. 
That's on the managerial side, yes. Yes. So that's where things where things stand. They're all very, very different kinds of jobs. Um, burned. Uh, Sam Mewis is not with Manchester City anymore. Um, is is she going back to Manchester City? Did I miss that? Because maybe she is. Maybe she did. Because I'm looking at this the other way. I know she came back to North Carolina this summer. So I, I don't remember the situation with that Manchester City deal and all that. But I don't think she was going back. But I could be completely wrong. At times, it's a little hard to follow with that. Um, also, on the women's national team front, they drew 1-1 this morning uh, in Australia. It was a 4:05 start. Okay, she went back to Manchester City. Sorry. I know she came back to North Carolina Courage this summer. So she's with Manchester City again. I don't know what the timelines look like then. Kansas City is obviously expecting her to come back at some point. So I'm guessing it's just a loan and that's where it goes, but gets a little bit hard to follow in some of this. Uh, women's side one, one draw this morning, Ashley Hatch scored again for the U S very early fourth minute. They give up an 88th minute goal to Kaya Simon for Australia. One, one record was a good year for Vlatko and the U S women's national team, but the Olympic failure is going to put a damper on it. Now we'll start to see that new generation come through. Uh, Burnt, sorry. Yeah, my bad. Like I said, it gets hard to follow sometimes. I knew she came back to the Courage and she played there through June. Uh, so now she went back. So I don't know the timelines of anything. That's. It'd be nice if that was reported a little bit more. My bad. <laughs> but no, it's, uh, you know, in this run... Uh, here with these this last couple of matches it's been it's been good to see the the next generation the next wave of of possibles for the the national team even if it has been at four o'clock in the morning i did not get up to watch it at four o'clock in the morning no i did not either okay well you you didn't it wasn't good for you to watch it then no but what i'm saying no (laughs) when you just when you look at the names that are out there on the roster and you're seeing what happened, i was like if you got up to watch it that's awesome no, I, I'm not that awake at four o'clock in the morning. I might the <laughs> alarm might go off at five, but it will not. Uh, it will not encourage me to turn over and turn on a television. Although I did see on my timeline, folks who did take uh, who did get up at four to watch the match take naps at halftime and then rejoin it in the second half. The, I'm trying to to get the the lowdown on the the Sam Mewis situation and Manchester City and what's going on there and it's not exactly easy to find information and that's that's a problem yeah because i did a, i did a sam mewis manchester city search while we were trying to sort it out and it had all the stuff from like march and april yeah like she returned to the courage in may and she played for like a month and then went to the olympics and okay now she's back, but I didn't see anything about her going back. So I don't know who has her contract. And Patrick brings up a point, and this is something that is a little... I'm, I'm assuming, Patrick, this is what you're talking about. Says I'm disappointed in the lack of commitment. It's maybe disappointed in, in John and I not getting up to watch the U.S. Women's National Team this morning. But part of the, the thing that's hard with the women's side is the balance is different. Like the the national team and club balance and and then the league and the loans, it's all a lot harder to follow because I don't like who has Sam Mewis's contract. I'm assuming the way it was reported that Kansas City does now, 
Uh, Patrick, did you get up to watch the game this morning? I, I need to know this. Um, I'm assuming that Kansas City has her contract, and she's on loan to Manchester City? But I don't know. Yeah. And they're really... Exactly, Patrick. That's what I thought. Um, four card, uh, the FIFA Arab Cup is in Qatar, and that is tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. Uh, Sudan and... Uh, Algeria? Um, n- not Algeria? That's a new country for a card. Um, <laughs> I'm believing it is Algeria. And I'll yes, the Arab Algeria. Cup is the dry run for the World Cup. So they are testing things. We'll talk about that here in a second. Um, but, Burned, I don't know if she's under contract to, to Manchester City. Or was she loaned back to North Carolina? Like, the way it's discussed... It's different than it is on the men's side, where it's like this player's on loan, this player's on loan, this player's here, loans for this period of time, blah, 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 blah. Um, I don't know. So it does affect the trade, because if she's a Manchester City player and Kansas City got her rights, then that's a very different conversation than she's a NWSL player and now she's a Kansas City player and she's on loan to Manchester City and Kansas City will get her back. I don't know. Anyway, um, I I would love more clarity in these situations. And also, I would love to see what this looks like because we saw it after the Olympics. We saw it after the World Cup in, in 19. The national team is a much bigger deal for the U.S. women's national team than the club level. It just is. And it's the nature of the game. It's the nature of all of it. Uh, okay, thank you, Burned. Then that's a... I'm a little surprised Kansas City gave up that much, unless there's some kind of prearrangement that she'll be back to Kansas City at a certain point in time and for a certain point in time. Um, NWSL rules are more complicated than MLS because they've tried to follow them for a card and adapt them and, and make them fit. But the national team becomes such a bigger priority for the players, and the club game isn't. And I frankly think that the club game has to grow on the women's side for the game to grow as a whole. Because it's the day-to-day. The national team is only certain times of the year, and I think it's going to be less on the women's side going forward because you're, you've got the clubs demanding. You, know, you can't just let players go all the time. And NWSL has to schedule better so you don't have a bunch of games while players are away. It's got to it's gotta be better. Uh, Joe, they could have traded her NWSL rights, and... That happens, and that happens in MLS too, where you're you're trading somebody's league rights because these leagues are created like a lot of American sports to where you, you don't want complete free movement, player to player to player, team to team to team. You're trying to create mechanisms for it so that you have rights within the league. And I'm guessing, even though that's not the way it was phrased when it was announced, that Kansas City has acquired her NWSL rights. And I'm also guessing, because of what they gave up, that they have some kind of pre-existing arrangement at the NWSL level that Sam Mewis will be back in the NWSL here at some point very soon. Because otherwise, I have no idea why they make the move. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. Um, Any which way. What else we got on the Twitch pitch? What else we got on Twitter? What else are, are we getting into for the last 15 minutes or so, John? Because we've got soccer over there tonight on a rare Tuesday edition of the show, which will be really a watch-along as well with New England and NYC this evening. Right. Uh, one, to catch us up on the Twitters. Tofka's asking, should MLS press the gas pedal on Las Vegas 
to try to get them in in time for the inaugural MLS MX uh, League Cup completo. 47 clubs is just weird. Yes, they should. Um, if that's going to be the one, then that should be the one. And I can't imagine it's going to be somebody else. So if they're going to get it, they need to get it done by the end of this year. Well, the end of 22. So they could come in in 23. You need to get it done sooner than that. I don't know how far along they are in the process. It might be hard, but in a perfect world, yes. Unless Vegas isn't as far along as maybe we think it is. And maybe they do need more time. And they come in in 24. And if you just have to figure it out for a year, you figure it out for a year. You can get creative. I'm sure they'll come up with something. Yeah, I was trying to go through the press release that was put out by the North Carolina Courage and see if there was any mention in and around Kurt Johnson's discussion of Sam Mewis. And it just it just literally the only reference to Sam Mewis, it just says that they have traded midfielder Sam Mewis. I mean, there's no rights that have been discussed, rights to Sam Mewis, just, you know, whatever. The phraseology is flat out <laughs> traded midfielder Sam Mewis, whatever that means. This is a mystery of epic proportions. Um, Jason next wanted to talk about the game tonight. Uh, you know, New England's the, the favorite. They should be the favorite, but I really do wonder how long it takes them to get going. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're a minus 110 on the board that I have. NYC's a plus 260. Extra time's a plus 260. That feels right. That feels right based off the quality of New England. Uh, it feels like the, the way I would have this game set up. But 23 days is 23 days. And you can do all of the different scrimmages and friendlies against random teams and, and whatever. You can, you can do all that you want. It's not a replacement for playing games. And they're not going to be completely in sync straight away. There's just no way they can be. How do you manage that? And that's where I think it helps to have somebody like Bruce Arena because you're going to have to go in and ease your way into the game. And just like we've heard coaches talk about this lately and, and going into the postseason where, you know, you have to be smart, be safe early on, not give anything away early, maybe play a little more generic vanilla beige soccer at the very beginning um, to get through it and to get your feet underneath you. Maybe that's what New England looks like. And and look, they've got the players to be able to do that. They're going to get Adam Buxa back, which is a huge help. He had a foot injury that sidelined him late. Play direct. If that's what it takes early on is play direct to Buxa, look for the knockdown, have Bo and Heel running off of him. Cool. You got Matt Turner, who's a goalkeeper who can keep you in the game. You're not worried about a layoff as much when it comes to a goalkeeper in that situation. But early on is NYC's best opportunity to get something in this. To really go for it early, New England has to manage the first 15, 20 minutes, in my opinion. Maybe longer, but definitely that first phase of the first half. If they don't and they fall behind, things can get weird. Now, I don't think New York City is in a great position to be able to get a lead and sit back. I don't think they're really built that way. And I think with their their missing pieces and especially in that holding midfield without Keaton Parks, they're going to struggle a little bit if they have to defend for long periods of play. New England can really make them suffer in that regard. But 
if New York City can get an early goal and shake New England's confidence, then they can play straight up with them because they have the talent to do so. I just don't think they can sit back and absorb a lot from New England because the Revs are too good. And for me, it is that long layoff. That's the biggest thing for, for me that I'm looking at. I want to see how the Revs respond not having played in three weeks, more than three weeks. And I think you're spot on. I think it's going to be that first quarter of the match, that first 20 minutes or so, where if NYC jumps on New England early and gets that goal, then it, it's, it, could, it could get a little more than squirrely for the remaining three quarters of the match because of New England having to sit there and realize they just got slapped in the face by an early goal and having to come back from, from that up against a, a back of NYC that has questions, especially the longer that you get into a match and with all the firepower that the Revs have coming at you for the remainder of that match. I mean, there's there's an interesting subplot here that that long layoff gives you. Sorry, I, I was laughing at having to realize you got slapped in the face. If I get slapped in the face, I know I got slapped in the face. Yeah. I don't have to like, realize I got slapped in the face. Yeah, it's just like, Bit, you know, there's, you know, there's like the, there's the little, the little soft one. It's like, it's like you're right there, you know, you're there, you with us? You're New with England, us? And then well, there's the coming from all the way back and getting that early goal when you're coming all the way from back here and getting slapped. New England will know if they get slapped in the face, and, and I think they're a team that likes to slap people in the face. So I would, I would stipulate to that too. Yeah, they don't, they don't mind trading uh, face slaps. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, the Sam Mewis thing is really freaking me out because now I'm looking at the Kansas City like the Kansas City Star report where they've got a bunch of quotes from Sam Mewis talking about can't wait to get to work, a lot of confidence in teammates, honored to be part of what this group is doing, looking forward to get started. What is going on? <laughs> when is she showing up? What is this? I don't know. Um, Bernie, you've got me completely baffled by this whole situation now at this point. Um, Nix is here for chaos, wants Portland to win it at this point, so I'm weakening the East however possible. I... Can New York City win this game? Absolutely they can. They, they have one of the best goal scorers in the league in Tati Castellanos. He has a big day. New York City can win. Um, they've got a goalkeeper who is very streaky in Sean Johnson, but when he's on, he's one of the best in the league. Mm-hmm. They have Alexander Callens, who looked really good against Atlanta. We were wondering how he would be physically. Give him a couple more weeks of rest. He's going to be completely fine. He was fine against Atlanta. Uh, they do have some issues. You know, Tavon Gray has to continue to play as well as he has against Atlanta in these two games that we've seen him because he's been excellent. Can he be that against a really good attacking team in New England? We'll have to see. James Sands is going to have to be that much more impactful in the holding midfield without Keaton Parks because he's, he just doesn't have as much strength around him. And you're going to have a lot to deal with with this high-powered New England attack. Can they do it? Yeah. I think they have a, a smaller margin for error than New England does. New England could give up a goal early and I think come back and win. If New England gets the first goal, I don't think New York City can come back and win. So I think New England wins. I think they have to suffer a little bit through some shakiness early on. I think Matt Turner is probably going to have to make a big save in the first half hour. And if New England gets through that first half hour unscathed, I think they win 2-0 in the second half. I think they wear New York City down and, and get the win. If they don't, if New York City gets a goal early on, I think it could go to extra time. It could be pretty wild. I still think New England can win it. I think they will. 
But if New York City gets the first goal, I think you might need to buckle up and maybe order some snacks for the second half. If New England gets a first half goal and takes a lead into halftime, I think the second half is just finishing out the string. I think New England wins it comfortably if they get the first goal, but I think they have to really fight if they give up that first goal because New York City will grow in confidence, and then we'll see what New England's made of. I think they're made of the right things. I think they can handle it. I think they can can deal with adversity, but they'll get tested in a big, big way if New York City gets the first goal. I want to see what the crowd looks like, too. Um, Question about football lines at Gillette. I hope not, but (laughs) nothing ever surprises me there. I don't understand why they can't take care of this better because everybody else does. Um, I hope there's not. Uh, I hope it's a good crowd. Generally, the Revs draw well for big games when they're playing well. And if they draw twenty five to 30,000 for this, that's completely fine. That's really, really good. Uh, yes, it's in a larger stadium, but that's still very, very good. If that's what it looks like, I'm cool with that. And it'll be loud. I think it'll be a good atmosphere. I want to see how Castellanos looks in this game, and I want to see how uh, Carlos Hill, who we think will be the MVP, although that's not a definite. I want to see how Carlos Hill elevates his game now that we're in the postseason. Yeah, and I know that uh, the thing for me is, yeah, I want to see what the crowd looks like. I know it's a, a Tuesday night. or a, Yeah, this is Tuesday. It's a Tuesday yes. night in New England, but uh, I want to see what the crowd is like, and I want to see what happens in that first 20. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick to that. I think that if, if New England manages that first 20, then they come out the other side. I think it's probably 3-1 or something like that by the time we're done. It's probably 2 nothing. Then you get a, a set piece or something that makes it 2-1 and then 3-1. So I, I think that if New England gets the first goal, it's 3-1. If they don't, then at halftime, make sure that uh, your your fridge is nearby or if not stocked or you have a table. That's <laughs> what if your fridge is them. not nearby? Do you have to roll it out to you? I mean, what, what are you getting at? Yeah, you, you know, need a, like a, sure. a cooler to to sit next to you. I think you, I think you need a cooler at that point. I think I think that if uh, I think that if NYC gets the first goal, you better bring a cooler for the second half. Man, when I was in college, I had the best setup because we had uh, really great big couch. We had the big TV uh, in our first apartment uh, that I lived in in college after living, moving out of the dorms. And for end tables, we didn't have end tables. We had mini fridges because there we all had go. mini fridges in the dorms. So we had mini fridges as end tables. So you had on either side of the couch, little mini fridge, always stocked, always good. Usually it was cheap beer, but it was still with beer. And you were good. Big game days, oh, it's great. You just lean over, open the little door, get your beer, you're good. Good times. Mm-hmm. That, see, um, that's that is really it. that that is uh, that is ingenuity right there. Man, I mean, you, you know, we always laugh about like the the things we do in college, but we did some pretty good, smart, intelligent things in college from time to time. That was one. A um, couple of things before we go. Remember, soccer over there tonight at seven is the plan. We might try to start just a little bit early since that Revs NYC game starts at seven thirty. It will be kind of a watch along for that game as well. So if you're watching the game and you want conversation about the game, but also general soccer conversation, come join us tonight on Twitch, twitch.tv slash soccer down here. Uh, Sean Vergara says, do you expect Atlanta United to announce today? Uh, I, I don't know, but I think a lot of teams are going to announce tomorrow because the deadline is tonight. And I don't know what time if it's after 
close a business, I don't think they'll announce tonight. I think they'll probably announce tomorrow. Whatever the, the option decisions, we mentioned the, the four players that are free agents if their option isn't picked up. There could be others. These players qualify for free agency. Mikey Ambrose, Alec Can, Brooks Lennon, Kubo Torres. Um, if their option is not picked up, they become free agents in MLS rather than having to go through the waiver draft or reentry draft. I, I, Sean, I, I frankly don't know. Uh, but it could be today. If it's not today, it will be tomorrow at some point fairly early in the day. The deadline to make the decisions is tonight with the league office. Uh, Jason Nix, it's way too early for that stuff yet. So he says, who should or will Atlanta United protect in the draft? When's the deadline for that? That The deadline for that is the day after MLS, two days after MLS Cup, after a trade window. That Monday show, so MLS Cup's on the 11th. The trade window for four hours is on the 12th. Then the protected lists have to go in, I think, before 5 o'clock that day, and they're announced usually that night. We'll go through at that time because then we'll know who's out of contract. Then we'll know whose option wasn't picked up. Then we'll know whatever moves were made in the trade window, and we'll know what we're working with. Right now, I could give you a list, and we talked about it on, on stoppage time last week. It might be completely different by the time we get to the day that you actually do it. So we can do it, and I mean, everybody kind of does it to, to fill content right now. I'd rather wait and do it when it actually matters. So that Monday... We'll go through it with Atlanta. We'll probably go through it a lot with the other teams as well. And it'll probably start to be talked about on our uh, – God, is it our sixth or our seventh? Um, seventh. Seventh annual MLS half-day or day – it's changed a little bit – trade window show. Mm-hmm. Jarrett and I have done this for six years leading up to this. Yeah. This is going to be year seven. He yeah. loves it. Um, I remember – I remember – Doing the show, and there was one show that we did, and I was on a golf course at the time. Okay, well that's kind of in, in, in a in a January window. That's completely we do- different. That's a completely different thing. That has nothing to do with the half day trade window show. But yes, the half day trade window show. Those were fun. Yes, that that is legendary, and this will be year seven of it. That is feudal content, Joe Boss. But we're not going to do feudal content. That is a complete waste of time. We only do other things that are a waste of time around here, like most of the show. I don't know. Sorry. It happens. We started talking about LSU and Major League Baseball, and things get weird from time to time. Uh, last one from Tafka, and it's really funny that he brings this up because I've been waiting on the right time to, to bring it up on an email. Uh, Tafka says, would you support a shield playoff between conference winners to save by teams the three-week layoff? So to have that in this case, and look, the playoffs are going to look very different going forward because of next year especially, because there's not going to be an international window. You're going to go straight into the postseason. You still could do this, but the need for doing it changes. Tofka wants to do that so you don't have the 23-day layoff. Hernando Saenz, who is a longtime listener, first-time emailer, sent the same thing. Um, he said, and he talked about the, the supporter shield, he said to basically have, since the supporter shield in regular season doesn't matter, I think Tofka is on these same lines as well, um, have the two conference winners, you're going to have a bye the first round of the playoffs, play each other for the supporter shield the first week of the playoffs. So it, it's for an additional little trophy. They get that as the regular season champion, whatever, and then they go into the playoffs with having a game under their belt. So if you lose it, it's not good. Teams can rest players if they want because it is the 
third most important trophy. But yeah, that could be interesting. The team with the the better record gets to host it. That that's what Hernando says. Um, I'm cool with it. I mean, it could still be for the supporter shield. Um, it could be something different. It could be a new trophy. The supporter shield could still go to the team that had the best regular season, and this could be something brand new. Super you call it whatever you call it a million different things. I'm cool with that. I'm very very cool with that. Um, thank you, Hernando, for for sending the email. I've been sitting on it for a little while. Because uh, I wanted to bring it up at the right time. And then Tafka brings up the same kind of thing. So you guys are sharing a brain. And, and that happens from time to time around here. So very, very cool stuff. Um, okay, last one's on the Twitch pitch as we go. Uh, Ricky says, um, yes, the Peachtree Post shows are still up on the Apple podcast. Um, they're still up on our old Blog Talk Radio page as well, I think, for Peachtree Post. I don't think that's gone away. So yeah, that stuff's still there. Um, all the old early SDH shows on Blog Talk Radio are still there too. So if you really feel like going back to listen to what we thought about some game a long time ago or something crazy that happened, uh, then you're a total degenerate and uh, have at it if you want because we're there all degenerates go. around here. Um, <laughs> Ricky missed episode one of the Peachtree Post on July 8, 2016. <laughs> I'm sure it was amazing. Um, July 14, 2016. I'm sure it was great because we had no idea what we were doing at that point. Um, okay, Burned, thank you. I, somebody had to do this. Thank you, Burned, for, for sacrificing for the team. Okay, Burned was, was incorrect. Mewis has not played for them this season. Okay, <laughs> Burned thought he saw her in the game. Now it makes more sense. All right, no, now, now I understand it, so I get it, because I did not have any clue as to what was going on. I knew she had come back, and then she didn't play, and I couldn't remember what was going on with why she didn't play, so I thought that maybe she had gone back to City, I thought the city thing was temporary, but then you had me confused. And generally, NWSL and rosters and player movement is confusing already, so mm-hmm. it happens. No big deal at all, Burned. I'm glad we got to the bottom of it before the show ended, because that was the mystery that I didn't want to leave as a cliffhanger. Um, so Sam Mewis is going to Kansas City. She will be with Kansas City from day one. We don't know what else happens at that point. I am curious to see on the NWSL front who is out of contract and who could potentially be not signing in MLS and going elsewhere, which I think will happen. Uh, two things on NWSL before we go. Uh, looks like the Orlando Pride could be hiring UCLA women's coach Amanda Cromwell. Uh, 14 seasons at UCF before going to UCLA, uh, led the Bruins to their first national championship in her first season in 2013. It makes sense for the the college coaches to move up in the NWSL because of where the players are coming from a lot of times. I think on the men's side, from NCAA men's to MLS, it doesn't make as much sense. There's usually somewhere in between to get there. But Cromwell would be a, a good hire from what she's done on the college side for sure. Also in Orlando, and this one was a little bit of a surprise, Amanda Duffy has parted ways with the Orlando Pride. She was the executive VP of soccer operations, joined them in 2020. She was the NWSL president, left the league side when she wasn't named the commissioner. She was kind of like the acting commissioner when they didn't have a commissioner. And then Lisa Baird got it. She was the president. I think she left before Lisa Baird got it. She went to Orlando this is after the Wilf family took over in July. Now they're moving into a different direction with a new executive vice president. And Duffy was part of when Lisa Baird left the NWSL, was part of like an executive managing committee and part of the executive board and all that. 
And now she's not in any of that because she's left Orlando Pride, which is kind of odd the way all that's going down while they're talking about being hiring or hiring a new coach. Okay, Orlando, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm very curious to see what the Wilfs effect is on Orlando on the women's side and on the men's side because they've got a lot of questions on both. We'll try to find some answers for them and everybody else because that's what we do. Um, we did find some answers on Sam Mewis. We, we found some answers on all these other things. We'll have more questions tomorrow. We'll have more questions tonight. 7 o'clock for sure. Maybe a little bit early. Stay tuned. We'll try to give you a heads up on our Twitter account at Soccer Down here as to what time we start. Uh, it'll definitely be by 7 at the latest. Game kicks off at 7.30. We'll be doing a watch-along for it. So if you're watching the game and you want to hear us rambling on about the game and other things, we'll be here on Twitch. And we'll be back in the morning. And Dylan Butler will join us in the morning to talk about all these MLS playoffs. Mike Conti will join us in the morning um, where we try to figure out what's going on with the Atlanta United roster decisions. If it's announced by the time Mike joins us, that's great. We'll talk about it. If not, we'll come up with other things to talk about with our friend Mike. And then Thursday... Just as a reminder, we'll be at Good Word Brewing in Duluth for our last live show of the year. We're doing the holiday party. That's not a live show. That's not going to be a show. We're, we're hanging out. This is the last live show of the year on Thursday in Duluth at Good Word Brewing. Really looking forward to that. They've got some awesome specials, by the way, as well. Check them out on Instagram for all the specials they're running on Thursday. All of the things. We'll be very busy over the next 24 hours. Hopefully, you will join us for some of it. Until then, mucha platio. Mucha platio. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.